today on CityCast Salt Lake. On Friday morning, the 1,200-foot pedestrian bridge connecting 2nd South and North Temple over the Jordan River will be dedicated and renamed the Archie and Lois Archuleta Bridge. Who are Archie and Lois? Well, the couple have mentored generations of Salt Lake Westsiders to their full potential and have fought for civil rights in our city for a generation. In 2018, they were given a key to the city. Archie died in January of 2019. I went out to the soon-to-be Archie and Lois Archuleta Bridge with a community organizer, Billy Palmer, who grew up with Archie as a mentor and emceed Archie's celebration of life at the Rose Wagner Theater after his passing in 2019. Today is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. I'm Allie Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Billy, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. I'm so glad to be here. We are out of office right now. We are standing on what this Friday will become the Lois and Archie Archuleta Bridge. That's right. You know, people are probably going to just call it Archie Bridge because it's such a huge arch and a bridge. Yeah. So how much you want to bet it becomes Archie Bridge right away? I would bet a lot. So this is the pedestrian bridge that connects 2nd South and North Temple. Right. It's been up for a while, but it's getting a new dedication. So I think it's important that we talk about the legacy of Archie Archuleta in this town. Absolutely. Where does that story begin? Well, I think uh, it starts in like 1953 as far as when Archie came to Utah and who knew what we were getting when he came to Utah, right? (laughs) From Pocatello, right? From, yeah, from from Idaho. And um, Archie, I believe, came to Utah to teach uh, school. Uh, He was an elementary school teacher. He taught, I think, initially, uh, he taught uh, in a school on the west side of Salt Lake City, uh, moved to the west side where he truly made his mark. And I think that's kind of cool why (laughs) this bridge is over here on the west side. It's got a giant arch to it. It's the last connection. It's the last thing to connect the river trail that runs all through the west side and connects all the way from Utah County to Davis County. And this is the last little bit of it that needed to be constructed in order for it to be complete. So for me, it feels like there's it's this great connection finally to all the rest of Utah. So that, I don't know, it seems significant in that yeah. respect that it's that it's Archie and Lois's bridge. Yeah. How did you come to know Archie? Um, I came to know of Archie well before I knew Archie. Um, I think when I was young in my early 20s, um, I had seen him around and I was in a youth program called YouthWorks and he was around that. I don't know why. You would just see him in different places and come to find out, you know, this youth program that really influenced my life and got me involved with community activism. Like the first thing I felt connected community and doing some good was actually a program that was started by Archie Archuleta. But I'd seen him before um, here and there, and I had never really made the connection that that was Archie. And when you would hear about Archie, I would think this guy's like 10 feet tall (laughs) (laughs) and he's like this wildly outspoken person. And when I did finally meet Archie when I was in my teen years, I was like, oh, you're that guy. Yeah. And here it was this you know, a man of short stature with a really soft-spoken voice and this really just amazing um, 
ability to connect. And I just remember that. I think the first time I, I met him, I was at um, a community event and he spoke at it. And then I got to talk to him afterwards and he just, he paid so much attention to me in that moment. He treated me like I was important. What I had to say was important. And from that point on, I was just like, just felt a connection to him. We saw him as our West Side activist. And really at the time he was influencing mayors and city council folk and governors yeah. and senators. Um, but I wouldn't find that out till later. I remember at his celebration of life, Josie Valdez, who was former leadership in the local Democratic Party, also someone who's just done so much in the community, described him as a modern rebel. Yeah. <laughs> because you are described like, yeah, that sort of does get us from someone who was so soft spoken and so focused to yeah. also having this like mythology of being really powerful in the community. Yeah, he was sweet and kind. And yeah. when it came down to like getting to know Archie, the, the I think the, the real treat with actually knowing him was hearing this sitting next to him and hearing the side comments or conversation before he got up to say something. And he almost always waited to be one of the last people to speak because he would listen in and he would be able to summarize what some of the concerns or the, uh, around an issue was. And he'd also be able to lend some knowledge, some institutional knowledge. He'd be able to lend some wisdom mm -hmm. and some experience to, to what he was going to say. And he just was so natural and so um, appealing in what he would say that you could hear like a pin drop whenever he was talking. You know, and and if you didn't know Archie, he just commanded so much respect and um, he carried so much like dignity that just in energy that you you like most any time I ever saw him speak, everybody got quiet for him, you know, and it was just the way that he carried himself is the way that he worded things is the way that he, um, you know, seemed to really understand exactly what he was talking about and his ability to like represent the community in a real way, you know? So it was, it was really something it, I took example of him. I've always thought like, what would Archie do? And that's what I, that's, that's one of the models in my whole life, you know, for people who might be new to this community and weren't here when, or cognizant when Archie was out and about hitting the pavement, what is the legacy of Archie, Archuleta in Salt Lake? Man, I think I'm still finding out. I think one of the first times I got him in the studio to talk on Radioactive, he said, yeah, um, you know, he was part of the group that started KRCL, <laughs> you know? And it was like, really? He's like, yeah, I was, you know, he's friends with um, all of the same people that uh, were doing, they were all the usual suspects. They were all the activists. They were all doing the marches. Um, so when you talk about legacy, um, I think in his life celebration, we only touched on it. Everybody in the room, um, there's so many people that had started organizations, had started nonprofits, had um, you run know, for office, run for office, had won and run for office. We're still um, consulting Archie Archuleta, you know, and to me that that was the most amazing thing to even at his life celebration i was still hearing more and more about 
all the people that he influenced, all the things he had done. Um, you know, Horizonte High School, he was a teacher. He took that job because he felt it very important for kids that were falling through the cracks for him to have influence in that. And he became a school counselor and all of that. But Horizonte High School is basically something that he seeded, that he, he sort of like saw the need and he helped create what's really a great resource for so many young folks that live on the west side of town and all over the city. But, you know, um, it's 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 I mean, it's it you can't really put much of a measure to it because it's hard to take that entire life from his activism. You know, I've seen pictures of him getting arrested, <laughs> you know, and I've seen pictures of him uh standing uh next to the mayor at some major function he you know he you know when you talk to most anybody they tell you how much they were influenced by archie and i think that's something you can't really measure when people are just have a personal connection to how they should be operating in this world how they should be showing up for community and all that stuff most people have some sense or story of how archie went about it and how they do something that he basically um inspired them to do yeah what was his vision for salt lake do you think he always had three things it was um equality justice and peace i think that's that was his goal for everything was more equality more justice more peace yeah yeah i mean i've heard it's interesting i talked to ava lopez about pride in Salt Lake and that, you know, so much of the work that so much of the progressivism we enjoy in this city, that foundation was really laid by queer activists. And Jackie Biskupski, our former mayor and our first queer mayor, um, spoke at his celebration at Archie's celebration of life and told the story of trying to pass a hate crimes bill at the Capitol. And she was told that she couldn't get it through, couldn't get it passed unless she removed protections for trans people from it. And it was Archie who told her, absolutely not. It's all of us or none of us. And I think for a lot of young people in this city too, that is part of his legacy is that intersectionalism Yeah, that we didn't see for many years in activism and in organizing. And he was an early advocate for that. And you know what's really funny about that is the way that he and a lot of the people that he worked with back in the day, he was intersectional and they were intersectional. They were multi-race they were multi-identity they were um multi um you know lgbtq um all working together so he was like pro lgbtq before it was cool <laughs> you know right. he was pro women's rights pro reproductive rights he was pro lgbtq all the all the way down the, the line we're talking about trans folks and everything way before uh, we talk about you know we need to become intersectional and what's really really comes down to is we need to get back to being intersectional we need to get back to fusion and stop uh sticking so close to our identities and remember that we're all in this boat together and if one side is sinking and the other side is up pretty soon that side that's up is going to also sink and so that's the way that he always operated so i think it's really interesting that we talk about intersectionality and then when i stop to realize and see what some of the early activists in Utah, how they operated. It's incredible that they were years and years and years ahead on these conversations about trans rights, about uh, reproductive rights, about everything that we talk about now. Yeah, you know? we're still talking about it. And they were unapologetic about it. 
I mean, they just went straight forward and they worked together. So, I mean, it's not a surprise that he said that um, because he's, he's, that was his principle, you know? Yeah. Is there anything else that we should talk about or that we haven't covered? I don't know. Like we should definitely talk about Lois. Oh yeah, let's talk about because we talk about Archie a lot, yeah. and uh, within all of that is all of Archie's family, who constantly supported him. Um, Lois never that I ever saw in my entire life. Like if I'd come over to to talk to Archie about something, or would we get together to, to you know to like um, you know to discuss somebody's campaign that we were trying you know we were trying to get somebody elected, anything like that. Yeah, you went to Archie's house, and it was always like boom like completely hosted by both of them yeah she she always was part of the team that was his entire family it wasn't just archie doing this i feel lucky i just got to i mean it just happened by chance that i got to grow up in the neighborhood archie lived in yeah. you know what i mean yeah his influence on my life even indirectly with all of the things, anything, it seems like anything I've ever done, the schools I went to, the youth program I graduated from, the job I had at KRSL, every direction I've taken in my life, in some way or another, has been influenced by his inspiration, but also the fact that he created, <laughs> he helped create the program that's, that I actually did, you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Lois and Archie's Bridge. Yeah. It's pretty beautiful. It's really cool. And I love how you can see like the entire, like you can see all the way across the valley yeah, from one mountain range to the other. And it, I love how it sits in this sort of like industrial strip uh-huh. over the railroad tracks and yeah. the river and hardworking people, hard at work. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's our West side. That's, there's something so beautiful about the West side. And I, you know, just I'm proud to be on the west side and yeah. part of that is the, the community that people ahead of us created and Archie is a big part of that so yeah really thank you so much I really appreciate it thank you one more thing before we go Early voting started yesterday which means if you didn't get a mail-in ballot or prefer to vote in person you can do that Election Day is Tuesday, June 28th, and Election Day lines and voting can be a little maddening. But any weekday for the next two weeks between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m., you can swing by the county building on the corner of 21st South and State Street and just wander in to cast your primary vote in a very chill way. If you have some questions before you venture down there, call up the county clerk's office at 385-468-7400. If you're thinking of not voting because you think maybe primary elections are kind of boring and less influential, I would just say Salt Lake is quite gerrymandered. And so a lot of our districts are not super competitive in a general election, which means in a lot of races, be they Republican or Democratic primaries, you're often voting in the winter this time of year, not in November. So enjoy the choice. Relish the power. Get a sticker. That's our show today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We'll be back tomorrow morning, but for now, I leave you with a listener voicemail with an added note on trees. And a reminder that you can call me, beat me, if you want to reach me anytime at 801-203-0137. Bye.
Uh, hi, CityCast. This is Ben Wood from Public Grove. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. I was enjoying today's episode about trees, and I wanted to call about yet one more benefit, and that has to do with our, our driving speeds. Uh, so with the work that I do with Sweet Streets, we've looked at a lot of research that talks about how a tree on the side of the road will uh, influence driver behavior and cause us to slow down because it, it makes the road feel a little more small, a little more contained, and that causes us to just ease off the gas pedal a little bit. Uh, so if you have a park strip in front of your house that does not have a tree, um, by requesting a tree from the city or planting one, if you do our property, not only can you help with the air quality, help with the air temperature, bring down the, the heat zone in your own house, but you can also help remind your neighbors to drive slower, which will then save lives. So trees are the best, and let's, let's put them wherever we can. Thanks, CityCast. Keep up the great work.